everyone. This is Susanna Leanne, the Medium Essentialist, and you are listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, Susanna Leanne. Susanna, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very good. Um, it's it's uh, the first day of spring. Um, winter should be leaving, but it's a bad April Fool's Day trick. I don't think it's left yet. But, you know, we had one good day today, and it kind of felt like spring today, so it's not totally bad. You know, how about yourself? It was definitely a good day, although anything computer and electronic around me decided to <laughs> take a crap today, so... Um. It was a little bit challenging earlier, but it's still a good day. It's been beautiful out, so. Oh, what was it, from Judgment Day, <laughs> the day of the Terminators? <laughs> I have no idea. Our whole office decided that the, the computer system wanted to crash today, so. <laughs> uh, so, um, tell me tell me about yourself. Um, you're from the Midwest, right? I am, born and raised um, just outside of Chicago, and have lived here most of my life, with an exception of about eight or nine months last year when I was in Colorado, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, recently moved back to Illinois, so I think this is probably where I'm going to stick around for a while at least, so. Oh, but you, but um, originally you grew up in, in Illinois, though, right? I did. Um, I spent, I was born and raised here in Illinois, and on all of my time off outside of school and that while I was growing up, I spent all of that downtime in the country of Tennessee with my grandparents, and I absolutely loved it. Like, they're in the middle of the country, and it was gorgeous right by the Mississippi River, and it was just so nice having the best of both worlds and being able to, you know, have the country life when I had all my downtime growing up, as well as being out here with, you know, being near the city and more busyness and stuff so it was pretty good uh, so um what is, is tennessee and illinois pretty similar or it's a big difference oh no it's a big difference oh. at least where i was in tennessee oh. <clears throat> is it more rural out there in tennessee or is mm-hmm. like yeah yeah it was literally like um gravel roads hills the river <laughs> houses not exactly very close together um, you could basically set up um, targets and stuff in the back and have your own shooting range and not worry about having to hit somebody or, you know, have too much traffic going through that it would be a concern. So definitely, definitely deep country. Um, being from the Midwest, as, you're, you, know, as you are, um, there's a lot of women I talk to who, you know, love to hunt and know how to shoot compound bows and, and, and shoot guns <laughs> and gut deers and gut bears. Um, are you, are, do you do that at all? Or? <laughs> um, well, I have been shooting, like, everything you could imagine since I was seven. Wow. My dad wanted to make sure that I knew how to navigate firearms, how to be around them, uh, the seriousness of them, and ensured that I was very familiar, um, as well as knowing how to utilize them, and so I've always been shooting. Um, I have gone hunting with him, and that was more of a bonding than it was anything. We never would come back with anything, 
<laughs> of course, because I would just talk his ear off being young. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't do much for animals being around. But um, I can't say that I would ever or have ever really killed anything. Okay. Um, that's just not in my nature. I've actually, I mean, I've been fishing and stuff since I was two. And as I've gotten older and as my empath abilities have strengthened, I even have a hard time doing that now. I can't do it just for catch and release. It just seems so cruel at this point. And, I mean, to each their own, but for myself, it's just something that I've become even more sensitive to that I've had to kind of take a step back from doing that. Was that a way for your father to connect with you, like, to go out hunting? You know, like, um, it's hard for, like, I guess, you know, burly men. I don't know if your dad's a burly man or whatnot, but it's hard. Some, even men in general, sometimes it's hard for men to express their emotions and to connect with, you know, a, you know, um, a daughter sometimes as opposed to a son. Um, did you feel like that was his connection to you? Like, that's, like, how you guys, you know, talked and everything? Or it was just more of, like, going out for fun? Um, I think it was more just the part of fun, and I mean, I grew up, and I was always had the best of, I always like to think that I have the best of both worlds, because I was a complete tomboy growing up, I could be out in the dirt digging for worms to go fishing with my dad, and, you know, do all of that stuff, and then if there was something else going on, and I needed to go inside and get cleaned up and get dressed up all girly, then I could do that too, so I've carried both of those sides with me even to this point. So it's been really cool, you know, to be able to get out there in nature and connect with nature. And that's more of where that love came from with him. Um, you know, being on his side, it was the Cherokee Indian and Irish side to him. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the huge draw on that side of the family is that connection with nature and mm-hmm. being one with everything and really being grounded in the moment. And mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of that from him and from that side of the family. Oh. How about... Uh, and I was going to say, um, before, I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, how about with your mom? Was it like a different connection as well? Yeah. Um, my parents divorced when I was really young, and so it was definitely a different situation being around my mom. Okay. Um, she worked nights all the time, and so she, her main focus was to keep a roof over our head and to make sure that you know we had what we needed to to get by. And so her and I didn't really get close until I was probably in my 30s. Oh, I mean, wow. It took us a really long time. We did not have a close relationship growing up. And not that my dad and I had a perfect relationship because we didn't either. But mm-hmm. it helped that he helped me foster that relationship with my grandparents in Tennessee because he's the one that would take me there okay. and pick me up whenever I would go out there. Uh-huh. So there were some added benefits there for bonding. Yeah. But it was definitely, I can't say that I was close to really either one of them until I became an adult. Um, What was it about your mom that it was, like, there was, like, no connection? Was she just, like, out, like, drifting out there, or? No, she just worked all the time. Oh, that's just, it was, it was just basically just work, though, right? That's it? It just had to do with work? Well, she was working, and, you know, she had a lot of things on her plate and stressors and stuff and both my parents were really young when they had me uh, so I think they were really prepared for being a parent when they were so young to begin with yeah so I mean I never helped it against either one of them I just always assumed well that's the way it is and so I grew up on my own became very independent very early on in life and just learned how to do things 
you know, hands-on for myself and not have to rely on people. And, you know, just, it was just how it was. So, um, How would you describe your, yourself in terms of your attitude and your personality? I am very... Oh, that's a good question. Um, I am very optimistic. I don't like negativity. I'm mm-hmm. not one for drama and chaos. Um, though I do operate very efficiently in a crisis situation. <laughs> calm, but yeah. part of that is also because of my training. Mm-hmm. Um, I think growing up, I've become the way that I grew up. It allowed me to really take a step back and observe everything around me and take things in so much that that was when I started to become infatuated with psychology and the way the brain worked. And I knew in eighth grade that I was going to be working as a behavioral health therapist. Mm-hmm. And I stuck with that the whole way through my master's and everything and my licensures. So it's been interesting to just always having had a sense of who I was and who I was going to be. And I've always stuck by that. And my biggest thing even to this day is as long as I'm true to myself that I know I'll have no regrets in life. And to this point, I still don't. What is it, um, your position, you say, is a behavioral health therapist, correct? Well, I am a, my career-wise, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. And I am licensed in Illinois. Okay. And I work for a national managed care organization, which is a behavioral health insurance company. Gotcha. And okay. I, over, I oversee 20-plus um, states for all of the behavioral health outpatient treatment services. Wow. For all of our members. 20-plus so states? Millions, Jeez. Yeah, there's millions of members that are covered with us, and I get to ensure that we are doing things the right way so they are getting the best care that they need. Wow, awesome. So, um, doing that, your career-wise, family-wise, how did you become, which is your moniker, the medium essentialist? Tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was three, I had my first paranormal experience, and I remember it clear as day. I was sleeping at night, and it was a summer night, because I still remember seeing kind of the light coming through a little bit outside, and I woke up to something tickling my feet. And at the bottom of my bed, I saw this tall, dark shadow that was tickling my feet. And it kind of scared me a bit at that point. And so literally from that point on, I always slept with my feet covered, like tucked (laughs) under the covers. (laughs) Until like I was of an age to where I could piece everything together that was happening to me. (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't until probably I was like, in my late teens before I could finally sleep without my feet having to be under the covers. (laughs) Oh my God. But ever since that point, like I always knew people to stay away from. I always knew situations to avoid. And I would have dreams of things that the next day would completely play out the exact way that I just dreamt of. And I'd be telling somebody about it and then the whole thing would start to happen. And like there was always always these feelings that I never really quite understood or got as to where they were coming from. And not being close to really anybody growing up, it was hard to not have somebody to talk to about it. But on the flip side, I think it also helped me to really embrace everything I was experiencing because I didn't have anybody telling me that I shouldn't be 
experiencing that or that I was making it up or that there was something else going on that, you know, when adults tend to try to squash those things because they don't understand it themselves. And so I feel like being more on my own and independent during those years, it really helped me to accept and embrace that this is just, to me, it was just normal. Mm-hmm. And it's never been anything different. Now, I didn't tell people about it growing up. Um, there were a couple friends that knew about it, and it always seemed like I knew who I could open up to and not have to worry. But my mom's side of the family is completely strict Catholic. I used to get into arguments with my uncle all the time because he couldn't understand how I wasn't baptized and how I wasn't of a religion. And I'd always tell people, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I don't, I have a better connection with my higher powers than people that want to just go and sit and follow something for them that's man made. Mm-hmm. And not that it's right or wrong, that's my view. Yeah. But. You know, for me, it was always never finding what it is that I really fit into. I've never, I've never been one to fit into a box with anybody for anything. And so I've always tended to make my own path. If I had to relate to a religion, it's probably going to fall closer along the pagan lines. Mm-hmm. Though, even that, I would not say as 100%. Um, so I tend to just say that I'm spiritual and leave it at that and I don't really have those conversations because a lot of people just don't understand a different view sometimes on that yeah you know I think the minute you say pagan people will think oh my gosh he worships the devil or something like that you know people you know that wasn't even part of it yeah yeah people have different interpretations of it but um having that experience when you was younger did you like you said you kept it to yourself no one knew about that experience you had I told my dad finally when I was probably about 12, I want to say, that was about the age when I started having some of those conversations with my dad's side of the family. And come to find out, it runs on my dad's side of the family on the Cherokee Indian line through all the females. And my grandmother, every time I would need to talk about stuff, she would leave the room and I would just talk with my dad and my grandfather. And I can tell, like, I always knew that there was something that happened to her with an experience that really just shut her out to it. Like, she wanted nothing to do with those conversations anymore. And, I mean, she took that with her to her grave. I still, to this day, don't know what it was that she experienced that just shut her down to not even wanting to partake in that. But um, as far as I know, I'm the last one in our family line that yeah. has that so yeah. I don't know what that means or <laughs> how that's gonna go but um my dad definitely helped me figure things out along the way especially through like my 20s and getting into my early 30s and stuff he's definitely been a sounding board for me and helped me to help myself grow even further in that so how does one channel you know you're a medium essentialist and you're telling me you know you had that experience so what with that knowledge and knowing that happened to you what do you how do you pursue it like what how do you like control it like what do you do well for a long time i couldn't and okay i tend to be a magnet for everything both light and dark Ah. um for 
most of my life, it was very dark things that would be drawn to me. And the more that I've researched things and looked up on things, it seemed that, you know, they tend to know who's open and who's able to connect. And it's an easy, um, kind of an easy target, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a lot of different experiences that have been somewhat startling. And towards the end of my late 20s, started having a lot of negativity start happening. I had a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of things that were needing to change in my life that I wasn't at the point of taking action of yet, and it just kept drawing in more and more negativity, and negativity and chaos definitely draws in, you know, the more negative things to be a target for you because you're more susceptible, and so... As I started getting to that point, I started working with an angel reader who mm-hmm. was out here, and she was phenomenal. I mean, she picked up on things that literally just happened a day before that nobody would have known. And she really, her and I really bonded. Yeah. And so over the next eight years, I worked with her to help hone in my abilities and to strengthen my skills. And she would even have me do readings for her for practice and trying to connect to her spirits that were around her. And so I got to start practicing that way. And then I started doing readings and card readings and intuitive readings and stuff for friends and family that, well, the family that did know. Um, I didn't tell my mom's side of the family until maybe four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. They just recently have known and, It's been interesting to see how everybody has evolved because everyone has actually been very accepting and embraced it as opposed to how it was when I was younger. And so that has been a nice change. So is it, I'm saying, but um, so like the, like your family do, like is it, is it, um, it's not something that you would talk at, at the dinner table about or is it something that, you know, um, a lot of your friends know, but it's like, oh, oh, could, could you read me? Could you do this? Like, is, do you get, like, a lot of slack like that, or? Um, actually, it, I get tons of questions. I oh. get questions all the time, and I always tell people, you know, I'm not an expert in anything. This is all my life experiences, and all I can share is what I know from what I've experienced, and everybody that has abilities or is sensitive in some way, it's different in different degrees for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so no two people are going to have exactly the same experiences that they can speak from. Yeah. And that's fine, you know, but at the same time, we can. We'll sit around and just talk about it. People ask me questions about things. They'll tell me things that they've encountered. Um, they'll have me read pictures or do house clearings or cleansings or walk through for energy. Um We'll just randomly talk about things. People ask me for readings all the time. Or even sometimes I wake up and I just feel drawn that there's a specific person that pops into my mind that I feel like they need to hear something today. And so I'll pull out whatever deck it is that I'm drawn to for them and I'll do a quick reading and send it to them without them even asking. And just like, I think you need to hear this today. Like for some reason, this is, you know, sitting that you need this. (laughs) <laughs> Does it ever freak people yeah. out? <laughs> like you say, hey, you know, I'm, I just... Oh, I have. <laughs> I have a couple times. <laughs> so, yeah, 
I have one of my one of my really good friends um, is definitely not a believer, and that's one thing I always tell people. I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I mean, we all have our own beliefs, we all have our own experiences in life, and you know, purpose and all of those factors and stuff. I'm not here to convince somebody. I know what my reality is, and I know how much good I've done with it and how much I've helped people with it, and there is no way to explain how it is that I am right about certain specific information having never met certain people. There, and for whatever reason that I'm on target, I'm on target. Yeah. It's, it's just what it is. Oh. And I think that's the hardest part is not second-guessing myself. So when I'm feeling like I should tell somebody something. So it's definitely easier for me doing readings and helping people that I have no information on and don't know. Because mm. then I don't feel like I'm second-guessing anything because I'm not biased by any information. Mm. That's even when I do, you know, any kind of paranormal investigations or anything or go out, you know, with some of my friends for things. And I don't want to know any of that information. The less I know, the better and the more comfortable I'll feel. Because I don't want anything to be swayed or perceived as swayed, even if it's just from my own view. Wow. It, it, um, it's amazing that you're saying all this because it's, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of mediums out there. There's people that have different methods of doing different things or how different techniques or how they learn something, you know, how they learn their technique of channeling, you know, spirits or whatnot. But um, with you, it's almost like it. it it's more like, a natural thing, right? It's almost like, you know, you'll, oh, ha- yeah. you'll have something and, you know, like how did the, how like the, what I'm trying to say is like, how did the cards come into play? Like, how did you figure out, all right, the cards will help me guide whatever person, like how did, how did you figure out cards would help you? Like, how did you know? The cards was something that um, my angel reader had suggested when I first started yeah. learning about my abilities and how to, really hone in to have them more activated. Okay. Um, And the biggest thing with that is with the cards is it helps you to really be based in your intuition and Mm -hmm. really going off of what you are receiving um, from the other, you know, realms and stuff. Because, and I never use the cards the way that they are instructed to. Okay. I can pick up a deck that I'm drawn to and I will use them in random picks, like, if I shuffle them and stuff, like, it's not the top three cards that I'm picking, I'm constantly, like, shuffling the deck until the card that needs to be pulled presents itself, and that's the one that I take, and it's this knowing that I cannot explain in a very efficient or scientific way, (laughs) but it's just, I just know, and that's the best scenario I can give you is I just know. I know what to pull. I know how many to pull. I know when to stop. And using the cards got me really good at doing that and listening to that. And part of it was doing it on myself. And then I started to practice with other people. Mm. And I mean, to this day, I still haven't ever charged anybody for any of this. Really? I just can't bring myself to do that. I don't, like, I would love to make this my full-time career at some point and do stuff like this. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like if I have this ability to share information that somebody needs and it's going to help them or it's going to bring them closure because it's from a loved one or 
whatever the purpose is, I don't feel right charging somebody. You know, people ask me all all the time, how much do you charge for this? How much do you charge for that? And I just, to this point so far, I just can't bring myself to do it. Wow, that's that's crazy because, you know, a lot of people do, you know, who either are mediums who work for the police department or, you know, you'll see the TV mediums, they're always charging something. So it's kind of crazy how you're not doing that as well. And I know I could. I just... It's right now. It's just. It's not the time for me to move to that level to do that. And I've helped a police department before on a kidnapping case where one of my friends had pulled me into that. Um, you know, I've looked into cold cases before because I have a couple spirits that have connected, and I can see exactly what it looks like from where the homicide took place. But I can't find the loop to where they're at. And so there's been, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. I don't even know exactly how to explain it other than it's just fascinating. It's fascinating to hear that. I just can't believe that, you know, this is, it's not, it's not even, it's it's not even like a hobby, right? It's more something that, you know, because you already have a full-time job, but this is more something that you do, I don't want to say like a passion project, but it's something that, you know, you want to help people with, basically, right? And then, you know, if people are in trouble and, or or if they need, like, assistance and if you could yeah. if you could see it, you help, basically, right? Basically. Oh, okay. I mean, I just, I love it. Any time that I can be connecting and doing stuff like this, I am beyond happy. And the essentialist part, um, part of my journey has been also helping with connecting and grounding part of that is you really need to be healthy like to have the most optimal connections and vibrations and frequencies I got into essential oils and they're therapeutic grade I'm an independent distributor for Young Living and I've combined both of those passions because I had a couple health scares a couple years ago that I realized that I needed to get all of the added hormones out of my system. I really needed to start looking at the chemicals that were being put in my system that even just lotions that it absorbs through your skin and really started taking a look at my overall health. And so the essential oils were a great, great tool for that. I can make all my own products. I can make my own, you know, lotions. I can make my own facial creams. I can cook with them. I can use them for cleaning products, and they work better on germs than any product you're going to buy in the store. And it's just been amazing. I absolutely love it. And so looking to move eventually into something of this as an actual, you know, business down the line, that was kind of where I came up with the medium essentialist mm. with just the play on words and stuff. And that's yeah. what I wanted to set up my LLC under. Uh, does um, the oils and, you know, does, does it really help out? Like, you know, there's there's a lot of people that have different, you know, oils and stuff like that. Like what's different with yours as opposed to others? Well, these are actually therapeutic grade. And so okay. they are safe. Um, they are safe to utilize for what they are recommended for. Um, you know, we do have to be cautious as to the way that we describe them. Mm -hmm. And they, 
each one really is the well, the biggest thing that I love, like for the company that I have am a distributor for, is that they have their whole seed to seal promise, and so they control everything from the time the seed goes in the ground and the ground that it's um, grown on through the distillation process and through the whole process of putting it in the bottle. And if it does not meet the requirements that it needs to to be sold, then it does not get bottled. And so they have very strict guidelines that they follow. And all of their farms that they own for it I think the youngest one is 25 years old, and so it's beyond being considered organic or anything like that. So I just love the value that's there for that company, and it's above and beyond any other one that I've researched and looked into. And plus, you have to be careful because you can only get them through ordering them specifically from the company, but all these essential oils that are in the stores they're not all therapeutic grade, and most of them are not if they're sitting on a shelf. Mm-hmm. If anything has a shelf life on them, then it's definitely not a therapeutic grade because they shouldn't have an expiration date. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much more to the value and you know the efficiency in them, and they're super potent. I mean, one drop of a peppermint oil is considered to be equivalent to 26 cups of peppermint tea. Wow. And that's just one little drop. So they're extremely strong they last even though people might think oh it's such a small body bottle there's ways to make it last and there's ways to use it efficiently and so it's been nice because i love using them not only just for my own health and skin care and cleaning regimens but i like using it for my meditations and diffusing at night and to create an atmosphere and grounding and there's so many that you can use even for raising your frequency and vibration for spiritual stuff. And so I really like combining that in with those. What is what is your goal for the year? Do you have like a like a uh, end of the year plan? Like you have a something lined up or anything? Well, I have a couple different goals. I mean, I'm always working towards something. I just got my huge promotion um, through my full-time career, so that is underway already, so that was part of one of my goals. Um, My second goal is to continue on this journey for my overall health and fitness, which I've even talked to my boss about that I'm not going to let work get in the way of that, so Mm -hmm. no more of these 12-hour days sitting in front of the computer. (laughs) she's been extremely supportive because she does the same thing so (laughs) but it's not good for you so I'm like I have to put a stop to that and you know draw a boundary somewhere and then for my essential oils my goal for that is to reach my silver ranking with the company so I'm working on that and we have our convention in June so I'm really looking forward to that And then for the medium stuff, I just, my goal this year has been to go on more investigations and overnights and for like the weekends and stuff. And I've already started to do those and to just keep doing my readings and helping people as I can along the way. So, So, but if it it did, 
I was gonna say, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, right? Um, would you do? Do you do readings as well? If someone wanted a reading, or if someone was interested in just out of curiosity? Yeah, definitely. I have people contact me all the time, mostly through Facebook, um, through Susanna Leanne, and um, it is tagged under there that you can see the medium essentialist on there. And yeah, I mean, people just message me and ask for a reading. Because I don't charge, all I ask for people is to be patient with me because I always know what the right timing is for when they need the reading. Mm. And so I may ask for a picture if it's about them because I can easily connect to people's energy remotely. I don't have to be physically there with a the person. I don't physically have to talk to the person. Um, if they connect with me, if I have a picture that is recent that they want me to go off of or if it's about somebody else, I can do that too. And I just ask that, you know, they be patient with me because my schedule is kind of busy. But if they want a reading and I'm not charging, if they would just, you know, let me do it at my convenience of when I know that I'm grounded and the time is right for them to get the message. Mm -hmm. Because timing is very key. And I will never ask for spirit to specifically connect with me on my time because it's not about me on my time. Okay. Um, being a medium, how's that, how does that help in your relationship, or does it even help in your relationship, if you are in a relationship? Um, I think the, the most difficult part has been not having the support mm-hmm. um, within relation, especially, like, personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, not always having the backing or the support or the... Not that somebody needs to believe it, because they don't have to. That's not something, you know, that I require. You don't have to think that I'm right or not. Um, But at the same time, there has to at least be an acceptance and an understanding that I may do certain things, or I might be sitting around while we're watching a movie with my cards out, and, you know, I have my crystal ball or my crystals or my salt rock lamps and, you know, the oils and stuff going. So just an acceptance an understanding of it, even if it's not a full buy-in, has been probably one of the biggest challenges. Okay, and um, so that is just a, a couple of more questions for you. Um, what you know in 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 life, you know, people have you know there are people who are busy in life doing so many different things. They're too busy, you know, working doesn't have a lot of family time, and people are doing so many different things. Um, how do you make time to you know? you know um be in those relationships with people you know doing what you're doing like how do you find the time that's a good question actually i really struggled with that when i was younger um especially through my 20s and i wouldn't i would definitely say that you know being so career oriented at that time and having wanted to have my career and get settled and have that a priority definitely did take a toll um, on my marriage at that time. So, you know, I am divorced in that at this point, and I think it pretty much led to us growing apart. And not that it was, you know, on bad terms or anything, but definitely, you know, when you're not around, that's, that's a pretty hard thing to deal with especially when you're trying to have a family and trying to do all of that stuff with a spouse. Um, After that, I figured out that once I got to a certain part in my career that I needed to take that step back 
And so now I'm in a position to where I have pretty much an eight to five Monday through Friday job. And when I have things that are going on, I take the time off. If there's things that I want to do or, you know, trips that we want to take or things like that, then I make time for that. Um, It's been a lot easier to balance now because now it's not so much that I'm living to work. I'm actually working to live. And that has tremendously helped. And so I do have a really good balance of that, not to mention my own personal balance of being able to, um, you know, focus on my own fitness and do my exercises and get out and go hiking or, you know, go for my long drives or whatever it is that I just might need for myself to recharge. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty important, especially even with the abilities and things like that, because you definitely need to make sure that you're grounded. Are you in tip-top physical condition, or there's always room for improvement? Or Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I have come a long way. Um, my health stuff over the years has definitely been a struggle, and it didn't help that I didn't have the best doctors that were really listening to me. Though mm-hmm. Now that things are much more stable, um, I do have an autoimmune and a thyroid disorder that creates some fluctuation. So... Um, now that that stuff is in order and I'm finally figuring out what helps me be in my best shape because there is no once at all when you have stuff like autoimmune things going on. Um, now that I've kind of found my niche as to what works for me, I'm all gung-ho. So I'm doing beach body workouts and then I have all my essential oil stuff for supporting weight loss and fitness and health. And then I have, you know, my whole weight nap system, which is all based for me around my thyroid stuff and autoimmune disorder. So I'm kind of taking everything in that can be of support. And there will always be goals, but I'm definitely knocking them out of the park. And my final question for you, Susanna, is what would the Susanna of today tell the Susanna of yesterday? Hmm. I think she would say that she's proud of her. Because I've always managed to stay true to myself. And how can you go wrong if you're doing that? That is so true. That is so true. Um, one more question. Um, what are you know, I'm not a political podcast by any means, but what are your thoughts on President Trump? <laughs> um, I will just say the one thing that stands out to me about Trump is the fact that Kurt Cobain commented thirteen years ago that it would take meeting a businessman like Donald Trump to get into office to change things around. Now, whether that's for better or for worse, we are yet to find out. However, I think that is the one thing that I seem to always think of when people ask me about Trump. (laughs) Hmm, I never even thought of it that way. Interesting. Very interesting, Susanna. Isn't it? Yeah. And the fact that it's been how many years and he said that that long ago and he's not with us to even see that he's there (laughs) wow i would love to see what would his what would his reaction be with all this stuff that's going on i'm just curious what what would be happening (laughs) right i have a feeling he'd probably be thrilled (laughs) yeah (laughs) it sounded like that was kind of you know what he thought it would take to really switch things up yeah that's true (laughs) it's definitely shaking things up so 
I tell you one thing, though, I've never seen so many people who are into politics now and Facebook politicians now than ever before. So good, bad or indifferent, um, it's yeah. got it's got people wanting to know what's going on in office. And, you know, people are exactly. now curious about um, the healthcare system and, you know, wiretapping yeah. and whatnot. So it's it's makes for an interesting life and interesting television. It definitely does. And it's interesting living through it. Yep. I'm Susanna. We have some stories. Yep. Susanna, unplug your social media. um, Plug um, anything you got coming up. And um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you. Yeah, you can just find me, Susanna Leanne, the medium essentialist on Facebook. Um, Feel free. My contact information is in there. I have my website, themediumessentialist.com. My email is the medium essentialist at yahoo.com. Feel free to reach out and I'll be in touch. And she's available with my second favorite four um four letter word, free. So, you know, if she has the time <laughs> and if she can fit you in the schedule, you know, just be patient because I'm sure she has a lot of tons of messages, but she will get back to you. And, you know, you have to be patient because it is free. So well, and you can't demand when you want spirit to connect. So uh, timing is right. Everything is in timing. But it's not like you'll connect with them in like five years down the road. Like, hey, remember me? <laughs> the spirit's right. talking to me now. You know, it may be a month though. Oh, okay. So, but I will. I will have connected already, though, so they will know that it would be coming. But yeah, I mean, that is one thing. Like our timing and spirit timing do not line up. It's not the same equivalence. Uh, Susanna, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I, I know we were playing um, tag for a while, but I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> no problem. I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. Bye.